0: Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Today on Not the Pastor, we will have returning guest Noah Downing with us to talk a bit more about preaching preparation. Last time we talked with Noah about his overall approach to preparing to preach over the course of a four-week stretch, which he uses for every sermon he preaches. And today we're going to dive a little deeper into that second week of preparation and really dig into the practical details of outlining the sermon. Noah's got some great stuff to say that I am sure will be a help.
1: No, thanks so much for being back with us. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about this conversation, and what we're gonna do is really dig into your like second day kind of process. There, uh, we we've talked about like kind of overviewing your whole study process, and so appreciate that. And we'll link uh, a we'll, we'll link that in the show notes, so if people need to go and get kind of the overview again. They can do that. Um, but, but what we're going to do is come into that second day. And so uh, I want to make sure that we are caught up, um, when you're done with day one of study and you're kind of that first step is finished. You have typically had some kind of main idea kind of float to the top there. And that's kind of where you, have where you wanted to end with day one. Am I remembering that correctly?
2: Yeah, that's, that's where we're at. So just to kind of recap, we've got, um, and this is just the system that I'm working on yeah. right now. This is going to evolve over time. Of course. Um, yeah. The main thrust, the main benefit, um, as we talked about last time, for me has been Timing more than what we do, yeah. Um, sure. Timing wise, spacing it out over a period of weeks, however many weeks that works for each individual okay. person, yeah. will only be beneficial. Um, at least in my experience, and so yeah. so at the same time, though we got to we got to know what we're doing and you know what are the parameters within those those right. weeks. So so to kind of recap, stage one um, at the end of stage one, uh, which for me is about four weeks out, um, I right. have. I have. So whenever I sit down for stage two, what have I already done? So I've, yep. I have read right. through the right. passage. Right. So, so last week I read through the passage. Um, I've done some word studies and that's going to mean different things for different people. Right. I don't have a huge grasp of original languages. Um, I use software that can help with that. So yeah. I've I've dabbled in that as much as I'm comfortable with. Right. Um, I've also, right. I've explored several English versions. If you're comfortable with that, both yeah. Formal equivalent and dynamic equivalent, maybe even a sure. paraphrase in there, just to get a handle without without doing um, deep study, just to get a huh. surface handle on what this passage is saying. And then, yeah. okay, for me, what I've also done is I've tried to take my understanding of English grammar, which this goes back to those days in college and people are like, why are we learning English in Bible college? This is yeah. why you're learning English in yeah. Bible college. <laughs> right? You know, because it. you <laughs> are preaching in English and you need <laughs> right. to know Indeed. language and not you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's good. Yes. You have to do that. So uh, anyway, so <laughs> I so I've, I've used that uh, to do some diagramming to just basically trim down each sentence to a subject and verb. And the reason I do that is because some passages, depending on where you're at, are going to have a lot of a lot of prepositional phrases, a lot of things around yes, you, and yes. that just helps you to visually see yep. what is he saying. Sometimes yep, yep, when you, yep. and this doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes when you uh, just just have the, the the subject verb down for each thing, um, yeah. Thomas, you were talking before we recorded about going through Ephesians, just taking yep. some of those sentences and condensing them down, you yes. can see this is what Paul is primarily talking yes. about because yeah. yeah. you don't want to preach a humongous sermon on a prepositional phrase that Paul did not intend to be the main <laughs> focus, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so during this time, and I've done it, I've done it on paper. Yeah. Um, I've put mm-hmm. my marker boards on the wall. i there. Yeah. i whatever works. I've just, yeah. I've done that. And, and this is all just working through. It. And also yep. very important at this point, when I sit down uh, for stage two, um, of course, this is that this would be unique to sequential exposition going through books of the Bible, which is what I'm using this primarily for. Um, I have already outlined and manuscripted the text that comes before this. Right. Yes. So I know what's running into it. So um, I had somebody, I was talking to a guy yesterday was asking me about this and he, he was saying, so where in the, where in the process, uh, like, like, like how does your week go? I normally I'm getting ahead of myself, but I would normally do stage three, where I'm just finishing up the right. sermon. I'm, I'm basically I'm yes. polishing it up. Yes. Um, I normally would do that first, yep. right? And then, and then I'm going to get into this stage here. Stage right. so for the next one. Yeah, be, because yeah. in my mind now, I'm fresh off of that completed message. I'm going yeah, into that makes sense. This one that yep. way, it's refreshed. It's ready to go. Yeah, um, like and that. also the sermon before that is ready to be. Preach, preach. And I just preached the one before that. So I'm, yeah, I'm already right. just not without having to sit here and review. Right. I'm leading into this. It's all sort of fresh in my mind. Gotcha, so I'm sitting gotcha. there with with the main stuff on the board. Um, the main idea of what's going on. I, hopefully some uh, big ideas have risen to the surface. That's kind of right. where we're at as we sit yeah. down to go into stage two perfect. I love it. it. I think
1: it's uh, super wise. And this last week in particular, uh, I'm in the book of Ephesians, like you mentioned, and my goodness, the uh, Paul, we're we're at the end of chapter one, and there are so many prepositional phrases. There are so many of them. It's like, uh, uh, my goodness, but a a bunch of the commentaries that I'm reading, they're like, they're making huge deals about like these Mm -hmm. pieces of Paul's sentences or right? what, what right. he's communicating and, and, and not that any of that is not important but but they're they're talking more about the like what paul is using to flavor and to like to explain his sure. main idea and and not spending near enough time in my opinion on what the actual like yeah what what, what is the actual main point thing. was yeah and so that was that, that was helpful to as i'm looking through i'm like in some cases there were three or four of them in a row. And Mm -hmm. if you're just reading through like it's of this, of this, of this, and you're like, what is he talking about? And you cut all of that out and you realize, oh, it's actually way back here that he's talking about. And that was, that was just so helpful. And so I just wanted to say like, man, getting back to like those sentence or the subject verbs are sometimes very helpful and not that all the other stuff, like adds to meaning and, and explains it further yes. and we we want to need all of that too that's not what i'm not saying like that isn't important but right but trying to trying to figure out what the big ideas are you you, you need subjects and verbs for that and so yeah and and, verbs, and, yeah.
2: and 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 it's good to know that all of those all of those other parts of speech are still there for a purpose oh They're yeah still, they're still important to mm-hmm. um, clarify what's yes. going on. It's just, exactly. it's, it's helpful to be, to have your feet planted in that main part of the sentence yep. and then to treat everything else for what it is and just to not get distracted yes. off of that. And, yep. you know,
1: it just, it just helps to clarify. Yeah, so. absolutely. Perfect. So we have some word studies done. We are at a spot where um, so we have some main ideas and kind of got a handle on what the, where the text is going generally. And so we are coming into Outline Day for a sermon for you. That's uh, three weeks out from preaching it. And w- what does success look like at the end of this day? Like, like if if it's like a we just hit a home run, it all right. just lays out smoothly and perfectly. There's no issues at all. And what is what does today look like? Uh, what does this uh, success look like today?
2: Yeah. So in this in this week. Um, at the end of this week um, yeah. for stage two, I want to have a nearly complete manuscript. Okay, um, And, and I'm, I know everybody is going to be a little bit different here. I, I prefer mm. writing things out almost word for word because I don't trust my mind to recall all the things. There's two reasons for this. I don't trust my mind to recall everything. And also I don't trust my mind to remember uh, things that I may recall that was for another message
0: Yeah,
2: uh, sure. those in fact right now I have these bullet points in front of me almost in manuscript because yeah. I, I, I could get ahead of myself very quickly and sure, then yeah. it doesn't come across to the it, it comes across to the hearer like my wife hears my unbaked my my unfinished right. sermon ideas where it's like <laughs> right. you walk in like nothing yeah. I walk in is like so this is a thing, and whatever, and like all this wh- yeah. weird thing, and she it just looks at me. He's like, "Wow, I hope that gets better when you, before you actually preach that." You know? <laughs> yeah. Probably will, you know. Yeah, hopefully. And, and it's not. And unfortunately, I've preached sermons like that. I've heard sermons like that where sure. you know the guy is passionate about this oh, yeah. really neat thing, but boy, it is not finished, <laughs> and, it, and that yeah. would be really good. It's just yeah. we don't know what you're saying. So, yeah. so I want to have a nearly complete manuscript at the end of this, um, the, which means the majority of my sermon, even though. I'm two out of four weeks into this. The majority of the sermon is going to be done. Um, I will have determined the big idea from the text, uh, kind of the central idea of of the the writer of the text, and then also a timeless truth from the text uh, that's not just a related principle, but it is the principle that people could take home with them. Um, I also at the end of this, I want to have an intentional way to lead people along through the sermon that will help them um, discover that truth and know it that they will explore this along the way with me and I can guide them like a tour guide going through kind of unknown territory. I want to I want to I want to have it (laughs) written out how to shepherd them along through this text so that they can see not just what the text means, but what this means for us. Um, I want to have as much practical application as possible again written out in the manuscript now when yes. i preach almost every time there's going to be some things that come to mind and i'm thankful for that but yeah. i also don't want to just write like make application because right. if i do that if i do that i'm going to end up i'm going to end up making about 3 applications every time i preach and again, yeah. not to criticize anybody, but we've probably heard that. We've probably done that right. where it's, maybe a preacher is always talking about you need to witness at work. And he says yeah. that every single week. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. you know, that maybe because uh, this is he doesn't have a job outside of there. So it's easy to look at other people or, you know, you need right. to you need to get on your teenagers about things. He does not have any teenagers or you need to, yeah. you know, whatever it might be. You know, yeah. we want to we want to make specific application um, yep. I may mm-hmm. not have a title. I may not have introductions. I may not have all my illustrations, but I may yeah. have just some words jotted down um, for yep. next week. But, but that's basically where we'll be at the end of
0: say, Okay. Perfect. So so on that manuscript, is that I mean just in paragraph form, and it's just several pages, or is this like actually you're saying this is in like an outline form, but you've just got it every word written out that you're going to basically say in that outline?
2: So what I've done just to be nerdy and practical is um, for the last many years, uh, I, I've, I've experimented with, with different things. I use Mac stuff. So I'm using pages like okay. Mac's version of Word. I'm using pages yeah, yeah, to yeah, do yeah. My, my stuff. And I have a, a template that um, I have shortcut keys for like headings and subheadings and scripture references right. and footnotes and different things. And so I will... I will just have that at the top. I have what sermon this is for me. I like to know what sermon is this in the old Testament to sermon, 270 going through the old Testament, whatever. It is. Yeah. And then with the date that I preached it, I'll have my title. I'll have my CIT or whatever, right up there at the top. And then I'll have introduction as a heading. And then I'll have my different divisions along the way uh, with yeah. headings. And I will just, as, as, as the sermon evolves through this day, I will, I will, um, eventually be writing stuff in there. There's um, I tend to, I, I'm getting more, I'm trying to streamline this as much as I can, because I really, I don't want to spend any more time in this like redoing stuff than I need to. But right. um, I do, I, I will just sometimes in the middle of the document, just be typing. especially at the beginning, I'll just be typing out stuff on the front yeah. page and just, just ideas and the uh, especially as we get into like uh, the fallen condition focus or the central yes. idea of the text or whatever. Yeah. Whatever I'm writing, all or like an expositional outline, I'm trying to get all this in it. But as soon as I can, I start actually getting those main divisions in and then inserting the, the stuff that I want to include in my message that I've kind of gleaned along the way. And I just, and so okay. when I'm done, I'm, I'm typing it out word for word what, like, underneath those headings, what I'm going gotcha. to say, like, to explain. Because as I, for me, as I'm typing it out, I don't know if it's a kinesthetic learning thing or what, but as I'm typing it out, I'm actually thinking through it and making sure that looks good and sounds good. But as a side benefit, when I'm done, because again, I'm going to come back to this in a couple of weeks to preach it. I have a paper trail of where I've been instead of like, oh, last week I thought of this thing. Because that's probably the biggest question I've gotten from this is like, if you you start Monday for Sunday sermon and you're working through that, then there's a pretty good chance you're going to remember the stuff that you read this week. But if that was three weeks ago, and yeah. you've done stuff since then, yeah. there is absolutely no way you're going to remember that. Yeah. And that's true. I would not remember. I am not some kind of person that just files. I, yeah. I type it out and I have it yeah. there. So when I come back later, yep. it's there. You
1: know. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I find, found myself specifically in that way. Um, so for Ephesians, I've been using um, a bunch of commentaries, right? But the uh, Honer's book on Ephesians is kind of like the flagship there. And i um, <laughs> kind of doing a lot. Of, and so I find myself uh, just, I, I know, of course, what book I'm talking about, it's in Ephesians and on, but I'll tag all of my quotes or anything that I want to tie back to with the page number. And if I'm, if there's a bunch on that page that I've highlighted or whatever, I'll even do like a paragraph number or that kind of stuff, just so that yeah. if I'm like, mm-hmm. if the time comes four or five or seven days from now, and I'm looking at that going, what? that doesn't like I must have written that wrong or something going on wrong here about that I can find exactly where I was talking about and that fight that that paper trail is something that I'm trying to introduce into my uh into my study and uh, it's been a help um yeah and and also then when the the the, somebody comes after service goes hey what was that quote again and I can like not only tell them the quote but I can also be like it, it wasn't just this quote from somebody it was it was actually from this person and you know this you, i mean i can take you to the book if you want like i can do yes. that it gives yes. um, a little bit of
2: credibility or at least it feels
1: like it does um, totally and, no
2: and if if anybody is ever considering doing grad school or anything like higher learning just start getting used to doing footnotes cuz that was the biggest uh, not biggest it's a little Pain. It's it's a new. It's a, a, a just a troubling thing to try to get used to thinking in terms of like Turabian format or whatever, and just working through that. Because if you just get used to just dropping a footnote, putting the author of the book, the publisher, the date, all the. I mean, it's it's stupid for for footnotes that only I am ever going to see. But like I'm looking over at a at a, a thing over here on the screen of of, of just notes that I have, and it, there there's the commentary I use, and there's the page number it was on, and it yeah. just. It's very yeah. helpful it makes for many reasons reason. to know what's yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. All right, so so
1: outline looks like main headings with a manuscript in, in involved in that, and that's what you're hoping for at the end of this day, and yep. so or week as a however it works. Yeah, out. how long do you typically spend working on
2: outlines? It's a good question. Um, so I will. It's the biggest chunk of this process. Yeah. Sure. So. Okay. And I'm I'm really a fan of trying to do work when you're fresh to do work. Um, Cal Newport's deep work. I think yes. I talked about that yeah, last yeah. time is really yeah. good. And so um, I'm not going to push. I'm not under pressure. It just has to get done this week. Right. So okay. um, I'm not preaching it. If it, if a tornado ripped through town and and I found out that I was that I personally am having a baby and some crazy thing happened that I don't even know. Surprise. <laughs> what, what, what weird yeah. things are happening um yeah. why did i say that i don't, do, don't yeah. you're your wife i meant me I'm like, like if it yeah. was just me like just uh, like, alien yeah you know, yeah something's happening Odd. um yeah. i could if i could i could come at the end i like next week if i had to go into next week i could do that and yeah. and i i'm not having. I'm going to preach this Sunday, yeah, anyway, mark mark it right. down, um, folks. So- Noah could have a baby. Uh, <laughs> and you still preach Yeah, actually, in the <laughs> culture we're preaches. in right now, this is probably not the thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> scratch <whatever>. all that. <laughs> Let's just edit that out. So anyway, yeah. so what we're going to do is, uh, so I will I will usually uh, start this stage um, in the morning, like like ish mm-hmm. in the morning, um, sure. and then I will I will work through this uh, as much as I can. Um, until I've just kind of run out of gas. Uh, yeah. So usually mm-hmm. that, usually that's going to, I'm, I'm going to show up like on a, like today is Wednesday. Today would normally be my day to work on my Sunday evening stuff. And so I would start out by doing my third stage, which is very simple because it's already basically done. As soon as that's done, I'm going to dig right into this stage and I'm going to work from, you know, nine or so until 1130 noon when I go home for lunch. And then I'll probably come back for a little bit of time afterwards, depending on what else I have going that day. Gotcha. Um, to do some more as long you know, that, that lunch break can sort of reset the focus and come back. Right. Um, and then about right before I feel like, okay, I, I, I'm kind of frustrated with this. I can't right. get much further. <laughs> I'll usually stop and go ahead and do stage one of the, the next time, which is just reading. It's very, yeah. no pressure. And then yeah. the next day I'll come back and finish stage two. So yeah. if it's a, if it's one that takes a lot of time, um, you know, maybe three or four hours one day, and maybe an hour or two the next, it's maybe six hours, maybe on that, sure. um, Yeah, but, but spread out over a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. And usually well, yeah. that second day is much more, it's, it's, it's way, I cannot tell you how easier yeah. it is yeah. that second day because yeah. I've, I've slept and I've got, I've got a lot of stuff already there. Yeah. And, and even this last week is a great example. Monday, I had a late early, like middle of the night run with the ambulance. I got, I, I was worthless on the rest of Monday mm. and I did as much of stage two as I could, but it was, it was pitiful. I mean, it was almost nothing there. And right. so then Tuesday I came in and I just, I mean, I booked it. I mean, I was just, I was yeah. just, you know, taking names, just running yeah. through this thing and yeah. it was, and, Good. and I think it's just because it was in place. So You're it no works and yeah, there's no pressure. And so yeah. I would plan on a couple of days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good.
1: Wonderful. Excellent. Um, so what uh, we, we've maybe talked about some of this a, a little bit but but maybe dig in a little bit for us here what are the steps you're taking to make sure your outline and manuscript get to get to where you want it to be um, obviously for maybe for d- different people it would be different if the, maybe they're not used to pre- getting a manuscript or whatever but for you
2: right what is what does it take to get that to where where you want it to be so I'm gonna work through this I, and and yeah. I'm just full disclosure here I I am simply. Just uh, taking in processes from other people. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a lot from Brian Chapel. I've gotten a lot from David Allen. Um, I've mm-hmm. talked to a couple guys that went through Heartland's grad school, and I've got uh, a process that that they put together from some of these guys and some other guys. And so a lot of this is and 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 it's always changing. So there's Perfect. because as you read and study this stuff, you'll you'll read there's lots and lots of books on preaching and you'll read some that are like, Oh yeah, that's fine. But then you'll find one. That's like some, for me, that like a person going through their exact process is like, yeah. Oh wow. That is, I need to incorporate that. And so this yeah, is no. just, I mean, if it sounds like a hodgepodge of stuff it's because it absolutely is a hodgepodge of stuff. So, <laughs> but, but from the bigger perspective, what I'm trying to do most of the time in this stage is really trying to, uh, to figure out and limit your thinking to what the author intended. You yes. want to find okay. what did that original author intend? It's at the okay. heart of every expository preaching yeah. book or yeah. yes. instruction is to find that. So, yeah. and you're you're going to find that by seeing um, phrases that are repeated, uh, okay. the emphasis that the author puts on something. Again, you've done a little bit of this already with stage one. Yes. Um in a in a narrative and I'm in the middle of, I'm, I'm in first Samuel and I'm in Matthew right now, as far as my expository series. So you'll hear those a little bit, but in a narrative, one thing that you can find is, uh, and this is new, uh, that I just started doing this from Benjamin Walton's book, but he's, he said, find what proper names are used the most, not just he or him, but like when a proper name is used often, right. Yeah. it It will show you, um, who the original author was focused on, which is interesting. Sure. Like for example, in First Samuel, the first half of the first half of chapter one, it's Hannah, Hannah, Hannah all the time, wow. and El, and her husband, her husband Elkanah is kind of mentioned a little bit, but then a change happens halfway through after she makes her vow, and Hannah and Elkanah are always mentioned together, or if not together they have exactly equal time for the rest of their involvement in scripture. It's really interesting because it shows that they were, that Elkanah was sort of a disconnected, uh, he had good intentions, but he really had no, I mean, even his statement, like I'm, aren't I as good as having a kid? It's like, Right. Probably. Actually, yeah. yes. But that's not what you think. You know, like right. like yeah. he's really disconnected <laughs> from his wife. But then after yeah. she makes his vow, he is very much on board. And after that, yeah. they are together. There's some really good stuff in there. Yeah. When you see how it's huh. how it's focused in in, in 1 Samuel 3. Yeah. 1 Samuel 3 there about the Ark of God be, being stolen. There's not a lot of proper names used. But in a short chapter, the Ark of God is used like a dozen times. Right. And it's crazy. And then yeah. at the very end of the chapter, um, there's a child named, um, Ichabod, which means the glory is departed. It's like the glory of God is left. And so looking through that, and I'm working on that message right now, or I guess last week or so, um, it it sort of just leads you to a really important concept that why was the glory of God taken away? Well, maybe because the ark of God was the focus of everything instead of God himself. And so the glory of God is long left. But now you just realized it because you've been focused on the wrong thing. It's so. funny. You
0: would think that would be so obvious to us. As I far know. As like the, the proper names. Okay, that's who we should be focusing on. But we can get so bogged down in our, totally. sometimes even our procedures and our, yes. I don't know, our smartness and research and stuff that we right. just totally miss something like, oh, it's talking about... <laughs> the proper names here that that's the focus and that's something i've
2: heard for years and just sort of overlooked like well duh i mean i know who this is about right you know yeah right but not always because you can preach a whole sermon you know on Hophni and phineas in this passage in the in chapter two because it's about Hophni and Phineas, but Hophni and Phineas' names are only mentioned like one or two times in the entire chapter. Eli is mentioned over and over and over again. Well, that's because that's the problem. You know, there's it just helps you. It keeps you limited to what the author was wanting to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So another another thing as you look at what the author included, um, uh, just this last week in Matthew chapter eleven, Jesus is dealing with being rejected by John. He's dealing with being rejected by the Pharisees. There's a lot of rejection that's happening in these couple of chapters. And Matthew stops the flow of the passage and quotes like this huge chunk of Isaiah. It's like four or five verses. It's the longest Old Testament reference in the book of Matthew. And Matthew Mm. has a lot of Old Testament references. And I would normally just blow through that. But as I'm stopping here, it's like, okay, now hang on, Matthew has stopped and looked at this. And so it's like, okay, let's just slow down for a minute and i'm not going to get into all that we'd be here all day but 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 the original author is stopping to give you a very humongous old testament reference we can't just say he was not writing you know, a freshman year research paper that he needed to fill space. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, <I> <laughs> he's not, we would have never done that. And no, that was no, we yeah. to a much it, higher you, education than that, but, but, but other, places, <laughs> other places, other places, <laughs> other students, have done that. you know, he wasn't just doing that. He was, he was seriously st- t- taking a moment. Mm-hmm. And when you study it out, I mean, you know, it is, it, it, it changes, the rest of the book of Matthew. I mean it, it really does. That quotation changes everything from that point forward because it puts mm-hmm. things into perspective. So 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 as I'm as I'm doing this stage I'm going to be thinking okay what did the author intend? And I'm going to come up with a lot of questions. I'm yeah. going to come up with questions I may not even get answers to through the end. Sometimes because they're not the right questions, but I'm just going to I'm just going to be be I'm going to slow down and look at what's there. Again, I know this is crazy repetitive, but you can't do this if I've got the pressure of preaching in two days. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, some people may say it will happen, but they're, they're liars. So it's not, you're going to have the, <laughs> you're going to have the, we're not interviewing the, uh, them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you're going to have so much less, uh, it, you know, you're going to have time. You're gonna yeah. have, it's, like, it's like day one of a 10 day vacation. And you're like, oh, I can just I can just kind of relax here for a minute and yeah, through right. this instead of like, I'm leaving in the morning. I've got yes. to do everything. I've got to go yeah. see all this stuff right now and I'm going to yeah. enjoy it, whether I like it or not, we're going to right. get it done. It's like, that yeah. doesn't even make sense. So, yeah. so we yeah. got time. So yeah. good. So once I find out what the, what the main point, like, what is the author focused on? What is he trying to keep us focused on? I, I, I want to take that and I want to, I want to bring that into, a a, a timeless truth or something like that, that's still in the context, but it's going to make a difference to the person reading that today. And so that's sort of, that's sort of the challenge through this day of study or through this stage of study is to figure out here's what the author was focused on. What kind of truth is this, that, 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 that certainly was important then, but we're going to bring that to today. And there's lots of, um, there's lots of ways to do this. There's uh, there's been a lot of guys that have had little um, formulas and questions. Uh, one of the things I've kind of honed in on lately is Brian Chappell's um, what is it? Biblical preaching is that what it is? Shoot, I can't remember now. Christ-centered preaching. Oh, Christ-centered, Christ-centered preaching. Yes. Christ-centered preaching, and he talks about the fallen condition focus is what that right. is. Um, so so and, and and fallen condition focus. So considering that we are fallen. We are fleshly people. We are prone to sin. Um, why did God see it fit to put this passage in the Bible for us to, to have? How is this going to affect us as people that tend towards sin? And so um, there's a list of questions I think he has come up with again at this point. I'm not sure what came from where, but um, yeah. there were like four questions he asked. Like, what does the text say? Yeah. Um, what is this saying? Which is sort of what we've been talking about. Uh, what spiritual conditions In the people's lives that we're reading it or that they're talking about what spiritual condition is going on. And then what spiritual concerns would the listeners of this sermon have in common with these people, they may not be Israelites, they may not have an actual Ark of the covenant, but do they deal with superstitious like religious things. Um, yeah. instead of trusting God himself. Yes, definitely. So there are some connections there, even though we don't yeah. deal with the Ark of the Covenant. And right. then as you figure that out, then say, okay, so what is the fallen condition focus then that would be universally acceptable to all these people? And so, so yeah. that's sort of where once we get that in place, it really sets the tone for the rest of the sermon prep time. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's a help. So, so
1: the, so, so so we're asking these questions. I, I, it's taking me a second just to process. We've kind of a big chunk there, and so yeah, I know. Um, sorry, <laughs> no, no, you're totally good. This is what this is exactly what we want. Um, but we're so so we're asking these kind of questions, um, and I, I love what you said earlier. And maybe this just uh, kind of brings us back around. Is that in the end we're trying to get to a spot where we can uh, where, where, where we can be like a tour guide? Uh, is what yeah. you said right? Like. We're gonna preach this message and we want to be able to show people like like we've been here before. We want we want to right, be able to take right. people through this passage in, in, in such a way that it's helpful and not be like, oh, look at that. I've never even seen that like while well, we're in the pulpit. Like that, that's yes, a, like yes. we don't want to be discovering new things while we're up there. No, right? Thing, <laughs> is, right. That would be awful. Um, though I've been there before. I've done it, yeah, and, yeah totally like, totally huh. I didn't really, like. Well, that could really clear some things up. I wish I would have read that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yes, that's yes. a problem. <laughs> totally been there. So, totally done it. Uh, yeah, but but get into a spot where we can where where we can go through this passage in such a way that um, the the is makes the truth clear and relevant to a people that are sitting in a pew today, and um and, and so uh, man, that's a I think the the. The goal there is is admirable and what we should be striving for. I think that's what we want. Yeah. So I appreciate the appreciate the help there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I'll talk about outlining in just a minute. But 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 this, you know, talking about a tour guide, this work to do. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of it's it it can be kind of uh, almost not 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 demoralizing, but it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, there it is. yes that's what you're doing. You're yeah. doing a lot of work to come up with basically a sentence of right. truth that yes. you're trying to get to, yep. but that sentence is the reason we're here in this yeah. passage. Yeah. yeah, and if you know yeah. why we're here, then all the other work you do touring around it it, it helps Good. you see the climax of what you're doing.
0: Yeah,
1: that, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I think that that's the yeah that's helpful. The all, all of the work that we're doing is, is for a very small piece of, just as you're talking through this, right. I'm going, man, we're talking about six hours of work in this, in, in this section, of course, some more that's coming, but six hours of work, that doesn't include the, you know, couple of hours that you spent in the reading section. That doesn't include the few more hours that you're going to spend in getting together a like illustrations and right. applications, like getting those things written down well, and then some review time and you're doing all of this for a 40 minute sermon right right, right? and i mean we're <laughs> we're literally talking about i mean probably by the time we're done i don't know 10 10 ish hours yeah. and yeah. for 40 minutes of of talking in front of people and yeah. what that's going to do though right is we we can kind of get to the spot where we can be like man that's a lot of work that seems like that's not very very big deal but man we're talking about like the God of the universe trying to communicate yes. to a group of people that, that we have charge over. Like we have yeah. we have a responsibility to communicate this well. And I think right. that's super important. And so yeah. making sure that we get to the spot where we're saying what he said is really important. And it's probably worth spending some hours thinking yeah, about that. And so yeah. so if this takes some time, it's okay. And if it if it takes us a minute to get our process our thought process around this, like let's get to that spot because right. We want to say what the Bible says. Yeah. We yes. want to say what God says.
0: <laughs> no, what what can you say? And maybe this, maybe you're coming into this as far as the outlining piece. When it comes to okay, you've got that sentence, but and now you're you're trying to manuscript this. You, you mentioned you know breaking it up into those different movements within the sermon or those different those different chunks, those main points, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You've you've got those those divisions within your sermon, not necessarily the. The text divisions, but your sermon divisions. What, what kind of help can you give us or me <laughs> with with uh, with breaking it down into those different divisions? And that's probably obviously going to be coming a little bit from the study you've already done. But what what how, what process are you going through to go? Okay, I'm, this is going to be a chunk here, then I'm going to build on that to here, or what, what's yeah. your goal with trying to build to that within the sermon, trying to build to that main idea? So I'm, I'm not crazy creative. And so what I will, what, so
2: the, as I've found that main idea and we're, we're seeing, this is what the, this is what the text is here. Yeah. This is, the, this is why it's here for us. Um, I'm going to get right into kind of some outlining things. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out first of all, an expositional outline, like in the text, this yes. isn't what I'm going to preach, but in yeah. the text, yes. um, how does it work through this? You know, how yeah. is it structured in the text? Is it, right. Is right. there a main point here at the end? Is there some parables and things that are surrounding this to build it up? Is it, what is going on? You know, it's, and so I'm going to look at the steps along the way that the author gave us to, yes. to drive to this point right. or, or what they were clarifying about that. Um, So um, you're going to see this sometimes as you, you know, a a good expositional commentary will probably have this already broken down. So this is usually where I'm sort of transitioning into um, the use of commentaries. At this point, I've not really used commentaries yet, typically, Mm -hmm. unless it was for like some very specific um, word issues. And that would be more of an exegetical thing. I know these are... Terms we throw around, but an exegetical commentary would be one that's really focused on the definitions of words and phrases, yeah. and why those are important, or yeah. why it, one translation may put it this way, or one translation may put it, put it put it put it that way. If there's a if there's a big diversity amongst different English translations, there's a pretty good chance that that it's tricky. That's why yeah. there's a diversity in translations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so so sometimes you'll look at an exegetical commentary to. Uh, figure out, you know, what's going on. But what, yeah. once you get into a, um, a, a good expositional commentary, that's going to walk you through the text in sort of like sermon format, but but not too fast, not jump into application all the time, but just yeah, laying right. it out. They're going to help you with um, what the with with an outline of the text itself, usually. Um, and the uh, there's a new one I've just started using. There's still. Making them, I think, but the ESV expository commentary is one that will, I think Zondervan has a, a biblical exposition commentary, I think, and they have an outline that's like the entire book, Roman numerals all the way out to like sub things from all the way down. And when you get to that passage, they'll show you the portion of that major outline, like that chapter may have like, you know, Roman numeral four huh. and then these different ones in light of the big context. So they can right. kind of help you see. Period. How this is laid out in the big yeah. picture. So, yeah. right. so, I'm looking at yeah. I'm looking at at an expositional outline of how this is is working through, um, and that's going to help me see how the author yes built the message Gotcha. And, that in its context, yeah. Um, yeah. so then, so then I'm gonna go ahead. Did you have a question? There? Oh, I was,
1: I was just gonna say that that actually happened this week in Ephesians for me. Um, so again, yeah. I'm using Honer,
2: and it was actually
1: a couple weeks ago. I guess I'm finished up that. Uh, but so Honer again, he he came into this section and had an outline there, and it was kind of a uh, he he breaks it up a little bit funny, but it was part outline, part diagram of Sentences that Paul has there, and but basically, like I had been already doing that and had been working through. But when I cracked that open, it was like, oh, that that's, oh, I I, like that. That helped me get it into place a little bit better. Yeah, and then there were a couple of things that I changed and a couple of things that I liked my way better than his because because I'm smarter than him just because I. Like my way better. And yeah, so yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. um but what i did then is actually I took that outline then, right, and put it on the board and our the whiteboard in our classroom because mm-hmm. the because the passage had so many like like back over on top of itself. But if you lay it out, it was clear and easy to see. And I was like, yeah. but it took it took me writing it out a certain way. Right. But, yes. And like breaking it down. Like this is what Paul was asking for. And this is like what he he wanted them to know something about God. And then he wanted yes. them to know the hope of the calling of God. They wanted to know he wanted them to know the inheritance that they're going to receive from God. Right. And then they wanted them to know his power. And when you lay it out like that, it's like, oh, this makes total sense. Right. But reading it in those verses, it's it's a little bit, it, it takes some work to get to that, like that clarity mm-hmm. and that simplicity. Yeah. And so that yeah. was very helpful is getting into that. And, and it started when we just, before I even was making an application, before I was doing anything like that, I was just trying to get like, what is Paul trying to say? What are the big points coming through this? And yeah. we're just using the text to get there.
2: And so. Yeah. And, and what I will often do is at this point, mm-hmm. I will go ahead in my manuscript. And I'm going to put, I'm going to go ahead and probably lay out my expositional outline. Yep. So I'm looking at a, a one here I did for a class. It's just easy to process because it's from the book of Ruth. So yeah. Ruth chapter one. Yep. So uh, the death of of Na, 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 Naomi's husband and the mm-hmm. boys and, and all of that. And then she's bitter and she heads back and um, yep. her daughter's-in-law come. And then she ends up going back and says, "Now call me Mara and all that. Kind of thing. So my exposition, I don't have my exposition outline in front of me, but I have the completed sermon. The exposition outline would be very simple. It would be like um, Naomi's family dies. Um, Naomi chooses to head back and her daughters-in-law come and she sends some back. She arrives in Israel. So this isn't, this isn't profound. Yes,
0: right. Okay, it yeah. does
2: not have to be life changing. Good, Good. Really thank you not, so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, this is just what happens. Or yeah. you know, if it's a account in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, you know, Jesus heals the guy. The Pharisees say the thing. Jesus responds. <sighs> yeah. The people do this. You know, it's yeah. very simple. It does not yeah. have to be anything. But right. so at this point, I know the main truth. Yes. I know what the author has put together. This is usually where I will start. Because I need to figure out how to get there, and yeah, sometimes yes. I may get it. But but this is where it's good to read some commentaries for several mm. reasons. Um, sometimes this will, um, you'll a commentator will be right. I mean, they are you are on the same wavelength. You are yes. you are there, and yeah. you're reading it, and you're like, praise the Lord, I'm not a complete dunce. I've got yeah. it. Okay, right. yeah. we got it. You're yeah. seeing the same thing, yeah. and then sometimes that can be super helpful because, and I've done this b- b- before where I was like. I was like zoned in with this guy, yeah. and so so he's basically writing a sermon. I was like, that's a sermon I want to write. Now I'm not going to just take it, you know. But yeah, yeah. but his his approach, his illustrations are like yeah. gold, and they wouldn't yeah. be that way. I mean, I could have read that and skipped all this work, but yeah. I probably yeah. would have just been like, oh yeah, that's really good. But I know that's what yeah. this is. I'm not yeah, trying to yeah. be arrogant, like. I know the right way and any other way is the wrong way. I don't, I'm not saying that. No, yeah, yeah. I hear you. But, but, but this is if you can use good commentaries that will help you work through this, um, it will, it will help to confirm some things. It'll maybe shed some light on some things you didn't think about because you only asked the questions that you thought to ask, right? That's good. You didn't know to ask. And so now the commentaries may say, Hey, have you, it's almost like another tour guide, Uh, a veteran tour guide that's saying, did you notice this thing over here? And it's like, oh, okay, cool. That contributes to the big, that contributes to where I'm going because I already know why we're here. So this will help us along the way. Yeah, Yeah, so so good. And this may, we're going to talk about tools and stuff along the way later, but this is where you just, if you have good commentaries, this will kind of help streamline this. If you have good commentaries, it will help along the way. Not to copy everything, but just to kind of encourage you, Along the way, because that's what you're wanting to find, you know, as as you get through this. Yeah, Yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it does. I appreciate
1: a lot the the mindset that, like, a commentary certainly can come in and help explain difficult passages, those kind of things. That 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 maybe it's like the typical way that we maybe think about commentaries, but I think that putting it into a perspective is often what a commentary does is point out things that I've missed, not because I haven't done the study, but because I didn't even know to ask the question right. so good. Uh, something that i yep. maybe just assumed or because of the teaching that i've had in the past i just like that, that never even came to my mind i was never even approaching it from that direction and right that makes good sense because um there are going to be people in the pew there are going to be people listening that are asking different questions than i am and part of mm-hmm. my job is to yeah. make sure that i'm handling those as well and making right. sure that the uh, we 're addressing that I think that's yeah. helpful and so
2: good so somewhere in here we're also going to want to be thinking about application um, oh, yeah. and this is probably one of the hardest things to do um, and I don't know where this list came from but there were some questions that were brought up I think it might it might also be Brian Chapel's thing I'm not sure but but in in considering application he wants to get to some real specific as specific as we can. And so we're going to ask some questions like, what does God require of those that are hearing this passage? What does he require of us in what areas of life could that be applied in work, at school, for the person listening, what does God require of me and how is this going to be difficult? Um, And then what, you know how does grace? How does the gospel come into this? As far as the grace of God helping me through this, this isn't out of guilt or out of greed. Right. Like I want this, but it's just the grace of God in here. And and how can I do this? And so you're wanting to think through, you know, the people in the pew, how are as they work through their lives? Yeah. Um, how can this passage help them? And so that's sort of in your mind as you're putting together your sermon outline, your right. homiletical outline, right. which, which is now what we're going to trans. We're going to transform that just expositional outline, which is just very sterile. This happened, this happened, this happened to now leading us through. And so that's where you're going to kind of adjust this a little bit. Um, but I'm going to keep it. Typically, I'm going to keep my outline pretty faithful to the text. Um, pretty obvious from there. You don't want to just come up with something that's just out of the blue. (laughs) No, it's going to be, it's going to, because we we don't want to take, I, I really don't like taking a an important truth that the Bible does say, and then just coming up with three random things about this that are not anywhere. It can, the truth is still the truth. And I guess that argument could be made, but the text is here giving us a way that this plays out for a reason. And it's so much better when we're faithful to that. So Sure. So it's going to be, yeah. and I think Brian Chappell put this idea of form, F-O-R-M, that it needs to be faithful to the text, obvious from the text, related to the fallen condition focus, and then moving towards a climax. Gotcha. So the first two are kind of the, the same. You're, you're there, faithful and obvious from the text, but then related to that fallen condition focus, that idea is that you're um, knowing where we're headed, knowing kind of right. this main idea um, as a fallen sinful person. Or right. as a fallen person in the, in the story, or for me, or whatever, how is this unfolding in the passage, and how, yep. how can I slow down the application process to kind of relate to them along the way? Sometimes not resolving the tension of the fallen condition, but just exposing it for a while and relating to that as the sermon moves along, yeah. because it is moving towards a climax. Yes. So as Good. an example, because an example may be helpful, so in the passage for Ruth, um, and this is just... I'm cherry picking these because they're just very obvious but sure. it, 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 it may help to make sense, sense yeah. of this so um, I had three divisions and uh, when I took this was from a class I, I did through, through 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 Veritas so Brian Sams was the per- professor there and he was very um, uh, clear that we we needed to have we could not just have, um, an expositional outline, but the sentence, the outline, yes. each division, it would not have three points. It would have, the sermon has one point. It would have three divisions and the division would be an applicable phrase as a heading. So yes. I had to do right. that for the class. It really helped me because it helped yeah. me not just say, yeah. uh, Naomi got mad and left. Yeah. Um, I could, I had to make it normal. So, so my, so, uh division one was bitterness is a natural response to difficult circumstances that's mm-hmm. what happened to
0: naomi so you're making right. those those cer- or the the passage breakdowns you're making those timeless yeah as right. well yeah. yeah so it's
2: just this is a thing that happened and and that's how it was or um when you had a passage like from Matthew where John the Baptist is asking Jesus are you the one that should come you know I'm in jail right now what's going on right. well we have a seasoned saint that it's actually, I mean, uh, a hero uh, yes. that is going through times of doubt because mm-hmm. of his expect because of his expectations. That's right. a thing that happened, and sometimes yes. mature Christians good. have wrong expectations and they may go through doubt. So right. th- th- these are already relatable along yes. the yes. way. Yeah, you know. So, so, so yeah. for, 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 for for that one, we, we had we we had uh, that bit bitterness was a natural response to difficult cir- 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 circumstances. Bitterness can make its way into our blessings. Naomi mm-hmm. takes it out on um, Hannah and yeah. Orpa. Or Hannah, no, that wasn't Ruth. her. Yeah. It yeah. was Ruth okay. in The book, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the book. Yeah. book of yeah. whoever they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so she takes it out on them. You know that 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 here are these. They, they were the people, the only people she had to minister to. But yet her right. bitterness affected that. She actually yeah. sends them. Home to their gods, and may God bless you. She actually says right. that. It's like, yeah. how does that even a thing? Yeah, you know, right. they're the only way they can be blessed <laughs> is by coming with you to Israel, yes. and they can't, you know. Yes. But yeah. bitterness does that, and then does. in the yeah, end, does, bitterness, b- b- bitterness threatens our very identity. You know, Kalimara. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it totally skews to where now we're to, and we are in a culture right now where identity is a huge thing, mm-hmm. many times traced back to yeah. some forms of bitterness. So there's the yep. the it's it's very much in line. Mm. Yeah. with the text yeah. but it's not just you know naomi naomi mm-hmm. naomi oh sorry yeah it's it works its way through you know yeah. finding um you know yeah. a, a place there so that's yeah. kind of the the homiletical outline that kind of leads us love along yes. through that passage. yeah well yeah. i
1: appreciate that i'm i'm gonna be preaching ruth in a couple of months and so oh, man. I, I love it i appreciate Fantastic. it yeah yeah
2: so it's one of my um, favorite
0: books of the bible to preach, i love it books. it's yeah. yeah yeah It's a great well,
1: book i Basically, don't have to study for my first message. No, so I'll that's just perfect. send you, yes. send you yeah. Perfect. That that.
0: That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Wonderful.
2: Um, one of the things that he had us do in this, which helps to flesh it out. And this is the yeah. last thing I have in this. I know it's been a really yeah. long time no, on this particular question, but, but um, the, uh, and, and I'm interested in this. I've, 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 I've done this on a lot of sermons, not on all of them now, but um, under each for the sermons, we had to turn in for class. We had mm-hmm. that heading and for each heading, we had to have explanation um, illustration and application for each okay. thing. I've just started as I'm writing my at this stage. I've just started doing that, saying on my notes, just saying explanation, and I'm just yeah. going to start explaining using the stuff that I've picked up along the way, the stuff I've highlighted or clipped yeah. out from commentaries. You know, if there was mm-hmm. if there was a difficult to translate. Phrase or if there yeah. was something here, I'm going to take some time to type out some explanation. I may paste in some yep. foot, some uh, quotes, some footnotes, some different things. I'm going to yep. I'm going to explain as much as I can, and again, word yeah. for word, why this is true, what yeah. it means. All that stuff is <sighs> going to go yes. in there. Yeah. Um. Good. And then somewhere in there, uh, just for the sake of the hearer, there needs to be a breakaway from this lecture yes. and to have an illustration. Yeah. And sure. I may put more of those in during the third stage, but yeah. a good illustration is going to be helpful. And just as a, I, I, there there's not a. As you work through this, you're going to think of illustrations over time. So I don't right. have a lot of secret sauce for illustrations. The only thing yeah. I would suggest with illustrations is that um, I, I tried to find it. I, I mean, maybe I dreamed it, but there's like a Venn diagram of illustrations yeah. where there's like. Uh, the best illustration ever is something that you and the person you're talking to have done together yes. that is the best illustration it could right. be weak as far as content as far as like if it really actually illustrates but you have you have reset the clock as far as their attention span goes because yeah. especially like if you're talking to teenagers and you're like yes. remember that one time when we were at camp and this guy ate an egg remember that and now all of a sudden yeah. everyone's like Oh yeah. I remember when he ate that egg. Yeah. That was, that was bizarre. Yeah. Whatever. It may have yeah. nothing to do with right. the sermon. That's probably not good if it has nothing to do with right. the sermon, but, right. but, it needs to be but, connected but that somewhere. makes you know the worst illustration ever at the same time is something that you read about that nobody knows anything about. You're like, yeah. you ever heard of George Smith? Well, George yeah. Smith says that the greatest yeah. thing you can do is whatever It's like, great. I, yeah, that thanks. did thanks. not even reset anything. You're still yeah. lecturing. You know, that's yes. yeah. now yeah. at the same time, as far as you get closer into, um, to, um, um, community knowledge the stuff yes. that you both to shared knowledge yes. or shared experience um, yeah. It's better. Like Paul Harvey was classic. He'd tell the story for like 10 minutes that you don't know what he's talking about. And then he, it was amazing. But then he would say, and that was Abraham Lincoln or whatever. Now, you know, the rest of the story. That's a, yeah. that's a reference that yeah. Yeah. Was, probably nobody gets. Uh, uh, oh no. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, he'd it, tell the thing and it would be, you know, it would, yeah. it would be great. So, so those illustrations about your own family, people that they at least know things yep. about, people that are right there. Yeah. Those are things that will always get yeah. more traction yeah. and make a lot yeah. more sense. And, you know, um, I
1: think the, the thing about illustrations, right? The the secret sauce is yeah. time because yeah. you you're, you know what you're looking for, right? This is yeah. the thing. Yeah. If, yeah. if I'm people better. Yeah. If I'm fi- finishing up a sermon, like if I'm getting to the stage where I'm ready to write in applications or or illustrations rather, and it's Friday night or yeah. Saturday, right yeah well then I, I have to go back in time and be like okay something that happened this yes. week what can yeah. i think that that yeah, yeah. no, Sometimes there is that yeah, yeah. god give me point. a
2: crazy dream so i can use it for an illustration tomorrow morning right because yeah. that's the only thing that can happen <laughs> yeah right yeah
1: but but you're two weeks out three weeks out still and now now you have the opportunity to watch watching is for this yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and, and that's gonna go my son's gonna say something i'm gonna be like that's where it is right there. Absolutely. That's going to fit in right with point number two. And that's going to be exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that that's, that's helpful. Another, just another reason, Hey, make more time, like back it up, do this, do this as early as possible. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Wonderful, and
2: so and it may be good to make application because okay, so I said for each of those you'll have explanation, illustration, and application. Yeah. I like to make that final application at the end. Yes. but Sometimes, um, and yeah. I've noticed, I've noticed Jason Gaddis does this well because he he's he's a master of doing an inductive type of thing. I'm not going yeah. to get, get in all that, yeah, but like at sure. the end where a lot of the application is there, but he will also open up. If you notice, he will also open up. Um, moments of application along the way, even if it's just a question, even if it's just, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's the, you know, God's people think that the Ark of the Covenant is going to save them. And just just even throwing out a teaser of saying, you know, we would never do a religious thing because God would help us, do we? You know, and just sort of get people on that track, like, oh, wow. And then just sort of, and, and rather you stay and play you know, with that illustration or load and go—that's an EMS thing, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna you're gonna later at the end of the sermon come yeah. back that you've at least you've at least right. kind of right. you know teased with that. Yeah, and, and it's not just it's it. It, it depends on the it, it depends on the passage. If it's a yeah. narrative, you don't want to stop the story right. and talk for a long time because the story needs to. Um, yeah. continue for a reason. Yeah. 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 But you might just mention that. And so, yeah. so as you, yeah. be, be, because if it's a, if your outline is, is moving towards a climax and there might be a portion of this truth that people can relate to, and yeah. then you're mm. going to close it up later at the end of the message. Yeah.
0: Close yeah. that loop. Yeah. 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 Good.
2: Good.
1: We sure appreciate Noah joining us on not the pastor to talk about preaching and his preparation process And we also are grateful for you listening in to Not the Pastor today. If this conversation is a help, I want you to know that we're going to have Noah back on the podcast very soon. And we're going to have more conversations about his sermon preparation process, as well as some other conversations we're looking forward to as um, also. If this conversation is helpful, would you reach out to us and let us know and maybe tell us about your sermon preparation process? We'd love to hear about it. You can find us facebook.com backslash not the pastor or not the pastor podcast at gmail.com. Until next week, we are not the pastor.